welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's word. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Constructionist Podcast. Now, we're called the Constructionist Podcast because we're constructing something, and I've mentioned this many, many times. And whenever you're constructing something, especially something on a large scale, you know, a large house or even a even a big building, you know, like a McDonald's or something, <laughs> that's not a big building, but there's skyscrapers and things like that. Uh, ideally, you want a set of plans. Architects are paid big money to draw up a set of plans. And so there's a biblical principle from 1 Corinthians 15 that says first the natural, then the spiritual. And Paul uses that idea to look at things like seeds growing in the ground and applies them to spiritual life, human existence. So you can do this on a number of levels because the Bible demonstrates this on a number of levels. But every time I you know, often think about a set of blueprints as a standard and contractors and subcontractors are, they sign contracts uh, to basically bind themselves to the plans. So if something goes really wrong, they go back and say, show us on the plans. And if they can't show them on the plans that they did something one way or the other, then they're, they're, they're free from that accusation or whatever it happens to be. So it's very important to always be looking at the plans whenever you're building big buildings, especially when there's big money involved. And so uh, the Bible, of course, is our set of plans. If we don't consistently and regularly and uh, honestly look at the Bible and then look at ourselves, we're going to go awry. We're going to get something wrong. So I want to ask this question now. How deep is the human soul? Okay. Now I'm, I say the human soul, but maybe I mean soul and spirit at the same time. Human, the human being, the human essence. How, what, what kind of makes it up? Uh, where, where can you go with it? Do we even know ourselves is a question that's wrapped up in this idea. So I think all of us have had a moment where we've stopped and we said, now, why did I do that? It seemed like a good idea at the time. I know it's happened to me. I imagine it's happened to you. There's a sense within our existence that we can go along a certain road for a while. It may be two minutes. It may be five years. And then at some point we stop and go, what was I think? Why did I do that? What caught, what possessed me? <laughs> some people use that phrase. What possessed me to go this direction? So let's look at the prodigal son. And then we're going to look at Psalm 139. So the prodigal son, I hope you know the story. It's in Luke 15. He goes up to his father and he says, hey, I want my share of the inheritance now, which is kind of a, a rude way of saying drop dead. I just want to live off of your wealth. Um, but the father gives him 
his portion of the inheritance, which of course he goes off and he squanders and it says that he, um, what does it say he did? He says, uh, not many, oh, um, uh, young man, he divided the inheritance after the young man gathered all together and took a journey to a far country and he wasted his substance with riotous living, it says. I'm sure you can probably imagine what riotous living is. And then a famine came through. So the, the, the guy ran out of all of his money. He was being stupid with it, unwise, ran out of money. And then a famine came, so he was on really hard times, and so he ended up being a pig feeder. That's all he did was feed pigs. So he had a very, very lowly job. And then it says, and here's the word, the phrase I want to focus on, verse 17. This is Luke 15, 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I am perishing with hunger? So it says that he came to himself. He had a kind of aha moment, and he realized that the direction he was going was uh, futile. It got up nowhere. Here he thought he could live the high life forever, and he ended up in the pits. And so, uh, you know, the book of Ecclesiastes talks a lot about vanity. This, this prodigal son actually lived, uh, for a time, a life of vanity. And Jesus talks about how wisdom is justified by her children. So this guy thought it was a wise thing. We don't know how old he was or anything like that. It doesn't say. But he thought it was a it was a good idea to take all this money and to go off and just have a blast with it. And then that was like where he would really find enjoyment and happiness and meaning in life. And in the end, the children of that decision, the fruit of that decision, was that he was in the mud feeding pigs. It's a pretty low place, really. But he came to himself. So he made certain decisions that were not wise decisions. Eventually he came to himself. So here's where I'm asking the question. Uh, Are you regularly examining yourself, your motives, your decisions, why you're going down the road you're going? What is it you're gaining from it? What are the pros and cons? Have you talked to wise people? Have you consulted with those that the scripture says that we should consult with? You know, if you're 21, 22, 23, somewhere, you know, anywhere in that range, are you consulting with older and wiser people? Are your parents believers? Can you consult with them? Uh, on the decision that you need to make? What about older siblings? Things like that. So, you know, are you going to God regularly? Are you reading the scriptures? Is this something that is that is a wise thing according to the Bible? All these things need to be taken into account and you should never make a decision super hastily, especially a major decision. I mean, this guy was going and saying, hey, I want a third of my, I want the inheritance that I would get, uh, you know, when you're dead. So he's not really, A, he's rejecting everything his father taught him or, you know, any, he doesn't want any advice from anybody. And then uh, he takes the money and runs off and just does his own thing. So um, are you making these, are you taking these steps to really understand, am I making a wise decision? Is this something that God will honor down the road? I think all of us, like I said, have come to a point where we've said, um, that we came to ourself. We said, why in the world did we do what we just did? Now, let me take you to Psalm 139. So pop back to the Old Testament 
and let's let's have a look at Psalm 139. And that is quite an amazing psalm because it delves deep into this sort of um, uh, idea of who we are as people and our relationship, how God relates to us. So in Psalm 139, it says it's a psalm of David. And there's really one word I want to point out in two verses. In verse 1, it says, O Lord, so this is David addressing uh, his, his speech to God, so it's a prayer. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. So we have a theological term called omniscience. God is all-knowing. So David is, is nodding to that idea here in this passage. Search me, you, thou hast, you have searched me and known me. In verse 2, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. So it goes on, and you can read this lovely psalm, to describe the depth at which God knows every human on the planet. It says he formed them. It says that there's nowhere we can go where we escape from God. This is a marvelous uh, chapter that describes sort of the, the all-knowing nature of God toward the human, toward each individual person. But this word searched here has an idea of searching in a sort of penetrative sense, like digging down and getting deep. It's, the word is penetrating. So you could say you have penetrated me and known me. So I, I like to think of these people that take core samples of ice. You know, they pull out these long uh, rods of ice from the, you know, ice caps and things like that. And they're looking at it to see, well, what happened in this, the history of this ice? And what happened in the history of the earth? They're trying to penetrate. And they think what they're doing is going back in time. And they're looking at how things have gone on the earth and the atmosphere and things like that. And maybe there's residue of it in this, these ice layers. Okay. So kind of imagine that it's penetrating down and God is penetrating down into us and he's peeling back layer after layer after layer and he's getting down and humans have a soul and humans have, uh, which is our mind and our emotion and our will. And I'd love to talk about each one of those three things in future podcasts, but we also have a spirit, which I like to define as our intuition, our communion and our conscience. Okay. Intuition, communion, and conscience. And these are sort of deeper things that are harder to sort of put your finger on than your mind and emotion and your will. And your mind and emotion and will all interact together and kind of come to a a central unified moment. But also you have to think of these things in relation to communion, your interactions with God and with other people around you and your environment, and your worldview, and all that, Uh, your conscience, how do you sort of know that you just did something wrong or right, are you clear or unclear in your conscience, and then your uh, intuition, that sort of sense of, oh, I really ought to do or not do this this thing, okay, so, I mean, that kind of creates a great complexity, you have these two large topics called soul and spirit. And then within them, you've got a a deeper sort of tripartite element to each one. And they all sort of intermingle together. And then you can't, you can't ignore your body in the process because your body 
interacts with these three things. They're, they're all, these six things, really, they're all together, and they make up you as a person. And David says, you searched me and you've known me. So God has a very clear understanding of who you are. Now, when you go to the end of Psalm 139, we've talked about sort of objectively, yes, God is all knowledgeable of you. You're not going to say or do anything toward God that he's going to go, I didn't know that. Oh, that messes up all my plans. I'm going to have to sort of rethink the situation. No, that's not going to happen because God knows, right? So when you go to the end of the chapter, so jump down to verse 23, and it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So this searching is the exact same word. It's still a penetrating down into me, but David is now asking God to do it. And with the intention of David himself will realize, okay? So there's an ancient Greek proverb that says, know thyself. So this is kind of what David is asking for. He's asking God to reveal himself to himself. Remember the prodigal son came to himself. He had this sort of aha moment where he went, oh yeah, what, that, I'm capable of that? I'm, I'm able to do that? that? I don't want to talk about that. That's something that I'm ashamed and embarrassed about. It's something I don't really want to say, yes, that actually is me. That's the kind of person I could be. That was where the prodigal son was at. So David is saying, search me, penetrate down into me, O God. Know my heart, try me or test me or make sure that what is in me stands when hard times come. So the, the, the history of the world is full of people that have failed or stood when hard times come. Okay, think of World War II. Winston Churchill was the famous uh, prime minister during World War II, but before him was Neville Chamberlain. Chamberlain could not stand in the face of the pressure that Hitler was putting on him. He fell, and everybody knew it. And everybody knew that Hitler was going to stomp all over everybody throughout Europe and cause huge problems. And Churchill had been nagging on about this for for years, keeping an eye on what Germany was doing and what Hitler was doing. And then finally, when Neville Chamberlain stepped out and stepped away, Churchill came in and he stood, okay? So that's my illustration of um, there are those who, who cannot stand when hard times come and those who can stand when hard times come. And hard times will come to everybody. The prodigal son recognized when he came to himself that just having the money and a philosophy of jumping from one exciting thing to another cannot stand the, the, the world as it is. Something will come that will collapse it. And then you're stuck with absolutely nothing. So David's recognizing this as well. He's saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So we have a body that we walk around in, and people can see that. But as a person is walking along, you can't ascertain their thoughts and what's going on. They have to verbalize those things. But God can actually look inside of us and see and know the things that we're thinking. And Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of God which we can say is both Jesus and the scriptures, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
and it and it penetrates down to us. It divides soul and spirit. The word of God is able to do that. So the scriptures actually reflect to us ourself, but they give us God's mind on the human condition. So all humans will find themselves somewhere in the pages of scripture and scripture can address them in different ways depending. So if you want to rebel against the scripture, you can do that, but the scripture will be justified and, and vindicated in your rebellion because it will say, this is the route that's going to, this is what's going to happen to you if you go that direction. You can also submit yourself to the authority of the scriptures and find the blessings that God has for us. And the scriptures will also say, bless you, my son. <laughs> this is the route. This is the, the way that you will be going if you choose that direction and God will will be this to you, okay? So you can go both ways. The scriptures delineate both ways, and the prodigal son is a good example of that. He chose to go one way, which was against, and then God penetrated down and revealed himself to himself. So test me, oh, search me, oh God, and try me, know my thoughts. God revealed to the prodigal son, you're pathetic, what are you doing down there? Then he turned and went back toward his father. And when he, when he reached his father, his father embraced him wholeheartedly. And then he was restored back into fellowship in the family. So he was willing to go back as the lowest of the servants. But the father actually embraced him back. So see, this shows us this, this, uh, the two roads scripture uh, will direct or not direct, but scripture will point out if you go that way, this, and if you go that way, that. It does both things. So the question then, how much do you know of the depth of your soul? Are you able to say to God, we know God searches and penetrates down and he has a knowledge of us, but are we willing to say, can you reveal that to me? Can you penetrate down and show me where I'm at and see if I line up to the scriptures and your will and see if I uh, am on the path of the prodigal son, good or bad, okay? So that's where we're at. Now, this is, can be a dangerous thing, and I say dangerous not to say that you're gonna get harmed by it, but just dangerous in the sense that this will make you squirm and this will make you wiggle, and this will make you not want to talk about it, but this is something that we all need to face. If we are going to approach God, and if we are going to live a life uh, uh, fearing the Lord and his thoughts toward us, then this is the only way that we can go. We have to say what David says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. So God bless you. Continue to read your scriptures. They are words of life and truth, and they will rejuvenate your soul and give you strength for whatever comes your way. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.